cliffcentral.com. All right, just one quick thing before we get to our guests for this morning. Um, and I, I think this is, for those people who've been listening for a while, this is probably going to be an interesting re, uh, reunion of the, the four of us. Um, I spoke to uh, Sibu Mabena, to Linda Mwegetsi, and to Roxy Ferreira, who are all entrepreneurs. They've all got their own businesses. Um, and if, if you remember, Sibu is, um, is in a, a communications and media business. Uh, so is Linda and Roxy has got her own shop. And we're going to talk to them about being uh, entrepreneurs and Epson ambassadors, mostly because they have probably experienced one of the most volatile weeks, even months in history. And how they're weathering these storms is, I think, quite an interesting uh, topic for discussion. So we'll start off with you, Sibu. How are you? Oh, cool. I'm alive. I'm very good. It's really great to be waking up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Everybody else is taking this as 21 Saturdays. Uh, no, it's yeah. really not. How, how are you doing? Last time we spoke to you, we weren't even in lockdown yet, but we knew that the coronavirus pandemic was going to take hold and we'd seen what it had done internationally. But, you know, yeah. since then, we've got even more information and it's it's really tough. It is. It is quite tough. And um, I must say, I'm really blessed to have escaped New York when I did. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm out of quarantine. Um, yeah, it's been, what, 20, 19 days since I got back. And I'm safe. All the people that I've been around are safe. Right. And I am self-isolating. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's, it's cool that we, we can count, we can live to see another day. So I think it's, it's all this information that we have. We finally have a, a roadmap on how we're going to tackle this as a country. And all we have to do is play our individual parts so we can just go back to life as we knew it. Um, whether it's adapting to a new normal, but let's just all play our parts. But Sibu, what's, what's happening with your clients? Because I know from our point of view, there are some of them who are smart and proactive and, and they, they, trying to hold on to their share of voice at the moment and they they're trying to make a positive difference and they're using this crisis to to do what they can for their own community for their own customers mm-hmm. and and those people are terrific and they're few and far between but most people in marketing media um advertising they've just frozen they, they've frozen either in fear or in or in horror but they're not sure yeah. exactly what to do um is that your experience too uh, with some clients it is, and with others, surprisingly, uh, we're actually doing quite a lot of work. Like you say, people are trying to hold on to their share of voice or even increase, like use this time to yeah. increase it. Some are quite innovative, some are quite creative, and some are quite bold. Um, they come to us and they say, hey, give us something. We just we want to do something, keeping people's eyes glued to their TV or their laptops through uh, the, the digital shows or um, music even. So we're amplifying quite a lot of different like types of clients campaigns so i think we're quite fortunate in that we're able to adjust and be agile and respond to briefs really quickly because everybody wants to be within the 21 day lockdown it's like guys it's definitely going to extend but um there are clients who are bold enough to say let's continue working yeah and there's a lot of emergency communications that need to go out at this point um you know we we all are kind of watching with bated breath, what's what's happening with big businesses? Because it's not just the small ones like like you guys and 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 us. It's also yes. the big businesses that are that they're, they're confused as to what's next and how do we communicate with people um, without being part of the panic? How do we let people know that we've got plans that we've put into place certain procedures that hopefully will keep us in business? Um, it's it's not a. It, <laughs> There's there's no text textbook case on this. Roxy, how about you? You've actually got a shop. 
Um, how are you managing to run your business remotely, and how much of it have you had to uh, to trim down to its bare bones? Uh, are you looking at at perhaps dealing with having to let some people go? Um, because this is a reality some businesses are also going to have to face in the next while. Hi, Karen. Um, yeah, it's been super hectic. Obviously, we've had to close our retail stores um, because of the lockdown. Um, but we're just trying to make the most of it and um, take everything online. Uh, luckily, I do have an online store, um, an online platform. And yeah, so we've had to take everything online and then just communicate positively with our customers um, and just let them know that, yeah, we obviously can't do deliveries and stuff during this time. But we can, once the 21 days hopefully is over, um, we can deliver then. And, yeah, I think it's all about just being positive. Like, I feel like there's so many negative corona things going around that you just get into your own head and you just can go crazy if you watch the news all day. So we're trying to send positive mailers out to our customers every second day um, that don't necessarily have to do with fashion only, mm. but that just are like positive and um, and send out a good message. Um, and then in terms of business and letting go of people, um, I'm trying, I, I haven't let go of anyone yet and I don't have any plans to. I'm trying to put systems into place to let my girls work from home um, and do alternative things that we haven't done um, previously. So yeah, it's just been about adapting and changing what my business does and um, finding new routes. So I, I feel like in all of this negative hecticness, all these positives are coming out because, um, because new parts of my business are being formed because I've had to think out of the box. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Linda Mukhetsi is uh, LM Relations. They have a collective 20 years of experience in a 100% black-owned company with extensive uh, experience in corporate and lifestyle PR. Now, what has happened in PR, Linda? Um, last time we spoke, you were optimistic, but you were also a little bit cautious. How have things changed for you in the last week and a half? Hi, Gareth. Good morning to you and your listeners. Um, so my business is not only based in PR. The PR side of it is, is still relatively okay. Um, however, you know, digital media campaigns, so we've had a few influencer campaigns cancel because brands just don't know, you know, what the future is and they don't know if they want to communicate during this particular time. Yeah. That's, that's a bit of a down run. Um, there are... um, the eventing... No, oh, go ahead. Eventing? ...side of things are completely shut down. Um, there's nothing we can do there. Um, and, you know, it's we've actually had to opt to look at alternative revenue. Other businesses that I did have before um, in one of my other companies that I've had to actually re-look at, re-open it. So I've just had to be smart about what I do. Um, we, we do have questions for you guys, which were sent in um, from a number of our listeners and, and people who listen to the podcast that you were on last time. So I'm going to open this up. We'll start with Sibu. Uh, uh, how were you certain that your business idea would make a difference when you started things? Because a lot of uh, ide idealistic people start a business because they want to make a difference. But you also need to make money, and there are practical realities. But that, that making a difference is actually tremendously important, right, Sibu? Yeah, wow. So I can't say I was certain, um, but I, I, I was able to confirm that I was doing the right thing when one client was satisfied 
satisfied. And two, the proof of payments were rolling in. Um, and, and I also had to, I got to a, a stage where I had to scale up because there was so much work coming in. So something said you're doing it right. Um, but my deepest desire was always to do it better and also to be able to start employing other people. So I, I, I can't say I'm making a difference in the, like a huge difference in the world, but am I making a difference in the lives of the people that I employ, the suppliers that I have on retainers, and then the people who do our campaigns, students, average normal people who are micro-influencers for us? Yes, we are. So um, was I certain when I started? No. But did I become sure of what we were doing along the way? Yes. I'm going to ask you, Roxy, about Peru's fashions and this question. What type of research did you do into your possible venture before you actually opened it up? Did you spend a lot of time doing research, doing a, you know, uh, kind of looking at, at case studies in, in fashion, um, even the retail aspect of it? How much time did you spend doing all of that? Um, yeah, so for me, it was all about research. Um, I started my brand as a young 22-year-old that literally knew nothing because I didn't actually study fashion. Um, so yeah, it was all about research um, and also speaking to people, speaking to my customers, um, researching fabrics, researching um, factories, researching about um, manufacturing, and then just speaking to my custom, the people I thought would be my customers yeah. and seeing what, um, what they you know, and what they're interested in. But yeah, research, researching and communicating with customers is probably like the biggest thing for me. Um, because without that, you don't, you don't have a start line. So yeah. Um, Linda, can you answer the next question for us when it comes to your businesses? Um, how do you market your services without any funds or seek out clients without funds, you know, especially at the start of a business cycle when you need to do as much as you can and get as much as you can for free? Um, it's a very tricky uh, question because I thought going into business for the first time back in 2013, I always thought, you know, I just need to um, get, you know, my business out there in the media and people will jump on. Um, people buy a concept a product, a service from people they like. So it's very important um, that you form relationships with people who will support you, um, whether they believe in what you offer or not. Um, so people always take chances with people that they like. So it's important that you hone relationships, you make relationships with the right people who can do things for you. Um, and you just maintain those relationships. I've had a relationship with Naspers since um, the launch of WeChat. We assisted them with launching WeChat into the market. Mm-hmm. And that's been an existing relationship where we even did Vuv. Uh, we did a go-to-market strategy for them for Vuv mm-hmm. into the market. So it's Relationships are completely key um, in the in the industry that we work in, and that's that's essentially how you market yourself. Where am I? How can you improve communication through technology, Sibel? Oh this my! Is, this is right up your street. I'm, I've been, I was in seven meetings yesterday. I counted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't leave my kitchen table <laughs> nine o'clock till eight o'clock. Yeah. Seven meetings. So the use of the internet is so key. Escom, <laughs> uh, keep us on, please. Um, but it's WhatsApp, it's phone calls, yeah. it's different apps. There are so many group communication apps. House Party is even one of them. Zoom called Microsoft Meets. I'm learning them all. Google Hangouts. Thank you, Cliff Central, for teaching me Google Hangouts. Yeah. Because these apps have always been there. It's not something that came out as a result of Corona. So what's going to be very interesting is how the 
economy adjusts and moves forward post this 21-day lockdown period because a lot of companies are now being proven to by their employees that, guys, we can actually work remotely and still be super productive. So improving on communication is just utilizing the tools that have always existed, learning them and, and kind of adapting them to your environment, be it a small business or a big business or a solo business or you talking to your customers. Mm-hmm. You could get on, like uh, Roxy could be doing consultations via Zoom for clients and making their clothes so that in 20 days or how many days we have left? In 16 days, whatever it is, <laughs> um, their outfits are ready. There's so many cool ways to utilize technology in this time, just like we are. Yeah, I, I love that answer. And and Roxy, I'm going to come to you in a moment if you want to add something to that. But I think in case anybody's just stumbled onto the, the, the discussion this morning, the reason to do this is because I've noticed the most successful entrepreneurs are people who are always talking to other entrepreneurs to try and find out whether they've missed something, whether there's a shortcut, whether they can benefit from the lessons that someone else has had to have and learn the hard way. Um, and if you just if you just follow the, the literature and if you think you've got a plan and you don't talk to other people, you often miss stuff. Um, so if, if you're listening to us now wondering what this is, it's an opportunity for all of us to learn. Anybody who's got an idea, maybe your business isn't uh, crystallized yet. Maybe it's already in play. Uh, maybe you're going through a very tough time at the moment. There could be just one thing that either Roxy or Linda or Sibu says this morning that might be able to help you. And if we can do that, it will all have been worth it. Um, Roxy, there's a question here about mistakes. What are some of the mistakes that you'd advise other entrepreneurs don't repeat? Mistakes. <laughs> so mistakes are um, unavoidable. Like, obviously, they're going to happen along the line. Um, mine would be when you start making money or even before you start making money to be conservative in your spending um, and obviously put systems in place that help you save your money because when I started, I didn't have any help and I never studied what I was doing. So I threw myself in the deep end a lot. Um, <laughs> that's how I learned. So I was like, let me just do it and hopefully it works out. Um, and yeah, the one thing was I wasn't conservative enough about, um, about how I spent. Um, so yeah, that, that was like a big thing for me. And yeah, saying that, um, since we are all here for FM, um, that's one thing that like I've loved about them and working with them um, is their products are so economical like the prints I'm using right now um, gives you three years supply of ink Wow! Uh, so it's just like little things like that so yeah, you, you make a very good point that I'd like to throw in some advice on is don't buy cheap, crappy equipment. Like rather get one, rather get one good piece of equipment that lasts you a long time that you don't feel you're being ripped off on because it breaks after three months or because you have to have people come in and service it the whole time and none of your staff can use it properly. It doesn't connect to your network. You rather buy the right thing at the beginning and, and spend a little bit of money so that you get your money's worth in the long run. And also that all comes down to research, like what we were speaking about. Mm. Um, Like it's not only researching the industry you're going into, it's also researching systems within your business that are going to help your business grow. Um, So, yeah, that's like, you know, in all businesses, obviously, when you're starting a business, you are going to make mistakes. Um, But for me, it's being conservative in your spending, doing lots of research, like you were saying. And um, the one point you were were making and saying, speaking to other entrepreneurs, like 
that has been life changing for me. Um, like in the world we live in, we can't do things on our own. Um, and when I started working with other fashion brands, uh, like I have, I've made two best friends through the industry that also have fashion brands. So now we do pop up shops together. We sell each other stuffs on our different, um, online platforms. Now during this tough time with the whole Corona, um, thing that's happening, mm. we've literally sat on Zoom and had meetings and brainstormed how we can work as a collective um, to still help our businesses continue to grow. Um, So, so yeah, I think it's to grow your business, you have to uh, speak to other um, entrepreneurs, but also to keep your business going, you have to uh, have relationships with other entrepreneurs and help them. One last question, and then we'll wrap this up. Linda, um, outsourcing. How do you know when something when something is too big for you to handle or it's not in your area of expertise? How do you know when to bring in outside help? So I'm exactly I'm exactly like Roxy. I in fact I agree with her lessons um, around you know throwing yourself in the deep end and trying to figure it out later. So that was one of the lessons uh, that I learned um, around outsourcing, and it started internally within the business where you know I thought that bad. Until you have to submit your tax returns. So, um, and then I realized I actually have to spend money, pay someone to do this, you know, where I was trying to, I was trying to save some money. So, uh, that then, you know, extended into, into, um, providing or providing services for clients. And I realized that, you know, the more saturated our particular industry gets, um, the more options clients have, meaning that you have to be the best at what you do. Um, and there's no better offering than a collaborative offering of people who know what they're doing. Well, and I'm, that's I'm, just, I mean, that's the perfect note to end this on because I don't think I could have said it better. So Linda and Sibu and Roxy, thank you all so much for talking to us. Um, these are three entrepreneurs who I think we can all benefit from hearing from. And uh, just in case you don't know, the reason that we're having this conversation is because Epson are making it possible. Epson makes some amazing equipment and some great products, and you can go and find out more by going to their website and looking them up. They're involved in South African business, especially small South African entrepreneurship businesses. And uh, Linda Mueketsi from LM Relations, Roxy Ferreira from Peru's Fashions, and Sibu Mabena from the Duma Collective. Thank you all very, very much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Garrett. All right. Have a good lockdown. Look after yourselves. Bye. 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 Very good. Cliffcentral.com.